I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. From the top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid. Real at every angle, I ain't worried about the audit. Never see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit. Boss moves if I want it, best believe I cops it. Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia. Trying to get the form whip, probably name it Claudia. Wife rocking Tiffany, that's just another day to me. I be living lavish, that's why these haters be hating me. Stronger than I ever been, never break, never been. God first, family second, money is like next again. So if you come in for me, pull the trigger, guard and shoot. Kevlar mindset, lifestyle bulletproof. Bulletproof, built tougher than your average. Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package. Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof, built tougher than your average Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof What's up everybody, I'm Michael Munsterman And this is the Bulletproof Mafia Today's episode, sue me, please So this is a funny conversation that I want to share with you guys. Um, the dealership offers these really funny moments. If I were going to write a book, I would title it, well, I'm writing a book, so this isn't entirely true. But one of the books that I write at some point is going to be called, You Can't Make This Shit Up. Maybe that ought to be the title of this podcast. I'll let Phil decide. Anyway, here's the thing. So we had this lady, and she bought a she bought a car from us. It's a... Uh, I don't remember the car. It doesn't really matter, but it was, it was back in the uh, November, December timeframe, bought a car. No, it was before that. It's been six months ago. That's, that's all that matters for the story. We told this lady, look, we're, we're getting you approved, but with a lender that no other bank, like no other bank will approve you. This is like a shark lender. We told her we wouldn't advise you use this lender. We do have an approval for you. If you want the car, you can do it. We'll give you an opportunity to get out of it. Here's what that looks like. Says, okay. What's that look like inside of six months? If you come into our dealership and you refinance the vehicle, we can cancel that loan and put you in this new one. It's the only way that we do it. You have to have your other financing secured and in place. And then we cancel the loan. Everybody on my team knows that that's the rule. That's the situation. It has to be that way because otherwise a customer has a car that they have a contract on and we don't have enough, we don't have money or a future agreement. So when you cancel the loan with the first lender, they reassign it back to you, the dealer, but now you just became the bank. And if the customer doesn't pay you, it's a, it's a much tougher process to pursue. So anyway, I have offered that to no less than 150 different customers who have bought and have and their, their only choice was that lender. Out of 150 people, I say you have six months to get your credit lined out or to get a, a solution or to save your money. Like, we'll get you out of loan. Out of everybody that's ever, 150 people, I've had three people that have done it the right way. This lady called, like literally on day 180, you can't do it any longer. When you hit that, the first day of the seventh month, you're out. And so this, this lady called on day 178. And we, we know that because we had to check. And she oh, cried a sob story and, and got into the salesperson's ear and is just oh, pouring out. I'm so, oh, I'm like, like, here's all the reasons why. Please, let's, let me cancel it. I, I can go get a loan. I'll bring you the money tomorrow. And, and, and so he's like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll cancel it when, once you come in with the money. Cool. 
Then the lady says, calls the next day. Oh, I just found out the loan that I'm getting is like 300% interest. It's a payday loan, it's, which is an insane trap. If you get payday loans, you should be smacked. But anyway, um, it, it, let I can be there. Like, I know I'm running out of time. Please, like, we've got all these conversations. You know me. If you cancel the loan, I'll be in the first part of next week with the payoff. The salesperson clarified the payoff amount. She said, yes, no, 100%. Um, it might take me one week after that to come up with a little bit more money, salesperson says. Okay, yeah, sure, we'll do that. Now, in, in his defense, he went to my daughter and, and ran the entire conversation past her, and, and she listened to his opinion of her, and, and they made the decision to go ahead and do this. Now, what the car business has done for me is solidified something about certain people. And when I say certain people, I'm referring to people who use the system to get ahead. In other words, a lot of people, the only way that they've ever gotten any traction in life is by taking advantage of somebody else. So the, like, the way that they scale and grow inside of their own personal life is if somebody else loses, they steal, they lie, they cheat. These are just standard tools inside of their tool belt for getting ahead. That's just the way they operate. And so in the car business, you can tell car business or purchasing a house, getting a loan, the thicker the stack of documents the more people have figured out a way to find a loophole. Every time somebody loopholes, they put a new subsection inside of a contract. That's why you sign so many pieces of paper. When it used to be, you walk in, you sign a title, you'd sign a little promissory note, and you were done. Well, every time a bank got screwed, every time a dealership got screwed, a new line, a new sentence, a new, new verbiage got put into a contract. And so when I found this out, I exploded. I said, I don't know, like, it does, these details really aren't important to why I, I'm saying sue me, please. Or you can't make this shit up either way. Um, but, but I just want you to grasp this story because we deal with stuff like this all the time and it blows my mind that, that this happened. So my, my, my team made a decision. We're going to help this lady. We're going to let her out of this loan. And then she came in crying again. Well, I can't come up with all the money right now, but can I set up a payment plan with you guys? And the salesman in all sorts of valor comes marching up the steps and he has a conversation with me. He says, I'm willing to loan her the money myself. Well, that's not possible, right? I can't expose someone to that. So what he's basically said is, I canceled the loan. She doesn't have enough money. So now you get to loan her the money. And against my better judgment, what I should have done was just taken the car back. I said, fine. I'll do it. I'll loan her the money. Here are the terms of the agreement. Now, I don't know what he actually went down and said to the lady or what he said to her over the phone or whatever, but he got her to come in. She signed all the necessary paperwork. She put a little bit more cash down at that time. And then we agreed to carry it over three more payments. At that time, she would own the car 100% outright, free and clear, no worries. She, she, in that moment of desperation, she said, I'll bring you all the titles to all the cars that I own, which she did. And, and then it began to sink in. Wait a second. They charged me a fee to finance me, which we did. We did that because we didn't have to finance her. She already had a, a lender. Or we could have called her and loan. We could have required that she paid it off. And if she couldn't, then we could have repossessed it. By the book, legally, I could have squashed her, and we didn't. 
We gave her an opportunity. We charged a small fee. And th 30 days later, like, so, so we're heading into her first payments coming due on this loan. We get a call from her. She's a paralegal, coincidentally enough. And she says, I'm going to sue your guys' effing asses off. Like, she just went ballistic on the phone. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to sue you. I'm coming after you. Or you can meet with me, and I'll tell you how I'm willing to settle this. Now, through the process of doing the finance and the refinance, we had made a little bit of money. She had put cash down the first time she bought it. She put a little bit more down the second time she bought it. She had just about covered the cost of the car. So at first, I said, I don't care what she says. We're not going to settle for anything. She's going to do exactly what the contract says, or I'll just turn it over to the attorneys and let them handle it. She can sue us all she wants. Our standard response when he says they're going to sue us is, cool, have your attorneys contact us. But I knew this lady was a paralegal, so she works in an office with attorneys, and I thought she's willing to come and have a conversation. That tells me one of two things. Either the attorneys told her the lingo to set us up for failure, or she talked to one of them, and they said the very best thing you could do, save yourself a lot of headache and struggle, is to go and have a conversation with these guys. So that's the route she was picking. I thought, cool. She wanted my entire team in the room with her, and I said, absolutely not. You get me. She came in, stack of documentation, paperwork, wanted to tell me everything wrong that everyone had done. And I used a technique that I often use whenever I'm heading into a blind situation. I want to avoid as much emotional conflict as possible. So I asked this lady, what do you want? And she went into story mode. See, so remember the other day we talked facts feelings, fiction. She wanted to talk about her version of the facts, which were grossly controlled by feelings. I got home. I started to really think about it. Don't care. Want to get to the facts. What do you want? Well, so-and-so did this. I knew in my mind that was fiction. Don't need to hear that. What do you want? What do you want? I was polite, but I wasn't a pushover. Here's what's going to happen. I frame the conversation. We've talked about framing conversations. If you haven't heard that podcast, go back and listen to it. It's a good one. Then go listen to Facts, Feelings, Fiction, and you'll get exactly where I'm going with this. I frame the conversation. Here's how this is going to go. I'm going to listen to what it is you want without the story supporting it. I have all the facts and data that I need on my side. I can see here that we tried to help you here. We tried to help you here. We tried to help you here. And now, now we feel like I'm gonna, like I'm framing it. I'm going to throw my own feelings in, and she's going to listen because I'm building the frame. Someone's biting the hand that's fed them. So before you get upset, before I get upset, let's just have a conversation about what you want. Now, at this point in the conversation, she only owed us like $2,150. That's the balance at, the, like, at this point in this conversation of, of this. She was three days short of actually making her payment. So I felt like everything she was going to say or do was going to be in an attempt to get out of making the payments. And my daughter, with so much wisdom, came in and said, Dad, like, take your ego out of this conversation and just think about it. I know we messed up. We shouldn't have done this. But we've almost recovered all of our costs. So whatever she offers, as long as it's not us paying her, accept it and move on. Take the hit. And I said, that's really good advice. I'm really proud of you. And in my absence, that's exactly how I would want you to handle this. But that's not necessarily how I'm going to handle it. But I'll sleep on it.
And so here we are two days short of when she's supposed to be paying us money. She's sitting across from me and I have no idea what she wants. I'm pulling it out of her. What do you want? $2,100 balance that she owes to us. He said, I just want to be treated fairly. This is one of those moments whenever you have to really fight to keep your mouth open because your jaw wants to hit the desk. That's all we had been doing. By the book, had treated this lady like they broke big rules inside of my dealership and inside of the way that we structured the machine to help this lady. I just want to be treated fairly. And I said, cool. What's that mean for you? I want to pay between $2,400 and $2,800. <laughs> now, I smiled because I, I thought that the number was $2,100, but I didn't even go to the paperwork because I thought we're so far beyond where I thought you were going to say that I'll, I'll, like, I'll do that. And so I said to her, where did you come up with your numbers? These are my numbers. And she pulled them like away from me. They were in red ink and there was just chicken scratches everywhere and a big old stack of papers, probably the same ones she would use to sue me because that's what she threatened to do if I didn't cave to her will. <laughs> and so, and so she's sitting across from me and in the one time in the history of ever, the settlement offer is more than what she even owes. And I said, you know what? So if I say yes to 2,500, this ends today. Yes. Cool. I'll do that. Her eyes got great big. She couldn't believe that I agreed to this. <laughs> I'm agreeing to a better deal than what you would have gotten if you just would have understood the facts, removed your feelings, and deleted the fiction inside of the conversation you're trying to have with me. Like, literally, whenever I say, sue me, please, evidently, I'm so fucking good at these conversations, people leave them wanting to give me more money than they actually owe. So if you feel like you're somehow in, like, I'm indebted to you, please come, let's negotiate it, because I will win. No, but all joking aside, like, <laughs> it's, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Like, and, and so she stands up, and I said, we're settling for $2,500. I said this to my daughter. She's going to have us $1,250 today. She's going to sign a little document that says, I promise not to pursue this any further. Here's blah, blah, blah. Goes back and forth. I'm not telling you enough details about this lady that you could ever guess who she is. So if she happens to listen to my podcast, hey, um, this, doesn't, this doesn't delete the validity of the document that you've already signed and sent back um, because I didn't tell your name. But here's the thing. These are the people you're competing with in the marketplace. She's a good lady. I mean, I don't know where her numbers got wrong. I agreed to take $2,500 and I let her leave my dealership thinking that she was going to pay me $2,500. We took $1,250. We agreed to give her 30 days to come up with the other $1,250. And then as soon as she walked out the door and I confirmed with my daughter that she owed us less than what she had promised to pay us, I told my daughter, here's what I want you to do. Monday morning, I want you to call her and say, hey, we're not going to charge you the full $1,250. Now, here's the sad part. The sad part is I couldn't be honest. We couldn't be forthright. We couldn't say, we're not going to charge you the full $1,250 because you only owed us $2,100. And the reason that we couldn't do that is because she came in there thinking that she was besting us. And so I have to leave that delusion in her head. I have to leave her thinking because I live in a world inside of the automotive industry where people think that the only way to get ahead is to take advantage. 
And so even though she's agreed to pay more, if I tell her that she owed less, she would want to negotiate the balance. It would become this game of, well, I just did wrong math, but you still took advantage of me and I should get a discount. So instead, we have to just posture the conversation and say, hey, you don't owe us $12.50. We've decided that we'll accept less. You can use the balance of the money to pay your sales tax on your car, do whatever you want, have a little weekend out with your husband, whatever. But we did that intentionally. Two things. I'm not going to get ahead by taking advantage of people. I just won't do it. But the second thing, like, it's, 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 it's the... <laughs> Like, there's too many places. Like, the second thing is irrelevant. The, the bottom line is this. I'm sharing this story with you f for several reasons. Like, I, I want you, one, to get a chuckle because it's amazing to me. Two, I want you to think about how you have conversations because had I, in that conversation, sat down and got her emotionally hyped or I had gotten emotionally hyped, if I hadn't been strategic in my communication with her, if I hadn't set it up to find out what are the facts, what do you want? The, the most key thing, all everything else, so many people love the painful process that they, that they skew the results. Instead, like, I just want to know, let's talk about the results. Where do you want to be? And then I'll make a quick decision, yes or no, if I agree with you. I never in a million years expected she would pay me four or $500 more than she owed me. That horn in the background is a representation of a really brilliant point coming very quickly. So I don't think that we're going to get a, a quiet time here without the train that's half mile from us not affecting the balance of this thing. So uh, it's a good maybe maybe the horn should represent it's the end of the podcast. And I'm going to take that as confirmation that it is. If you can hear the horn, you know that I'm ending this now. But anyway. Good story. Something I wanted to share with you guys. This isn't like crazy knock your socks off podcast. It's just something to break it up and be a little bit different while I'm talking to you and creating dialect. And look, you can take a story like that and you can extract a lot of different nuggets from it. How you communicate with people, whether you get facts, whether you get feelings, whether you live in fiction. You can talk about how you handle yourself in intense critical situations. You can talk about like just listening to that inner voice and because normally I don't even have a conversation with that with with someone that says attorney. I just say have your have your attorneys contact us because I've got all the documentation and we and we operate ethically. So this is a non-issue in my role. But all of that to say, man, you just can't make this shit up. Built tougher than your average ultimate hustler. I'm the total package, bulletproof. I know you see me in your scope. I'm the captain of the ship. You just a sailor with a boat. Bulletproof.